0: Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church.
1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And it is often said your reputation precedes you. A reputation is something that can open doors for us or something that can hold us back. More importantly, it can also open or close doors to the church and to God and the hearts and minds of those who are watching us. The series, The Letter, is based on the book of Philemon. Pastor Sean's message is called, So I've Heard. This is Real Life Radio.
0: I have become someone, and I would not have done this uh, early on. I've become someone who shops on Amazon, okay? There, I said it, okay? And, and I do it kind of like a lot, um, And not like I spend more on money than I would ordinarily spend, although having it at the convenience of my fingertips any time of day or on my phone might have an influence, but I don't think it has much. What it does do, what I do like about Amazon, I'll tell you, uh, great prices, you can get it, it's delivered to your home, that's all good, good. The drawback about Amazon, and this is what would have bothered me. I like doing business face-to-face. I like being able to, to check out the item I'm buying or whatever it is. I like to see it, I like to hold it, look at it. And even more than that, I like to look at the person in the eye, look at me, and see, you know, kind of how much they believe in it, find out about the product. The thing Amazon has done that has made this work for me is called reviews. How many of you are review people? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm a big review guy. I can look at the review and I can hear different perspectives. And you know, you got to be able to read between lines. You can look at it and go, okay, this guy is a promoter. This guy's the like, ad guy for the company, right? It's the best product in the world. You know, it saved my life. But you can read through and you can see honest people and you get to hear about their experience. I'm the same way with movies. Movies are too expensive now for me to go and take a risk. I, I, I'll take risks in my life, but they have to matter. Movies are not important enough to take a risk. So I read the reviews. Restaurants. I love Yelp. Yelp is my dear friend. If you don't, if you're not using Yelp, come on. Any city you're in, you can kind of. It's got a map, and you can say search for restaurants here. Yelp has never let me down. At this point, it's batting a thousand. I know some. At some point, the reviews will be off, and I'll be like, okay, that was weird, people. But at, so far. I found some great restaurants and things through Yelp because it's cool to know what people are saying. Now, you have to get, you have to know who you're talking about. Like some reviews, and this one was actually face-to-face. We were in Chicago. We were in Old Town uh, a few weeks ago, and I was looking for a place to get an Italian beef. I grew up in Chicago. I love Italian beef. And so I asked the guy on the street corner, so you live around here? Oh, yeah. Where's a good place to get an Italian beef? And he thought about Oh, I don't know. oh the place right on the corner. They're excellent Italian beef. It was not a known brand to me, okay? So I went... Terrible Italian beef, okay? You got, don't, don't try this at home, okay? Italian beef has to be right. It was terrible, okay? The fries were terrible, 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 terrible. So you've got to get the right reference from the right people, okay? When you're buying Italian beef in Chicago, stick with Portillo's. Okay, there, I said it, that's free. That's for you, okay? That, that's, that's for you. Uh, I, will, uh, I will let you know the reason we like that is because we want to know what's being said. That matters. It gives us the advantage whenever walking into a Well, That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Kind of what's being said. What do I hear? I've called the message, so I've heard. Now remember, we're in this series called The Letter. We're talking about Paul's letter to Philemon. It's really unique because it's a personal letter about a personal matter. Most of the other things are church-wide and are church or they're history books or there's all different kind of books, but this is a personal letter about kind of a difficult issue. And you see this A founder of the New Testament church, the Apostle Paul, you see him dealing with this. It's a fantastic example of how Christians should deal with difficult issues. And folks, let me tell you, as long as there are people in the church, there are going to be difficult issues. Telling someone right before you, put a bunch of sinners in a big box and see what happens. Because we are, we're just people. If we don't understand that, I've seen so many people get messed up because they didn't understand That in the same way we've made mistakes and we want and need grace, every other person in this church and every other one in the world is in exactly the same place. They've made mistakes and they want and they need grace. And so Paul shows us in a beautiful way how to deal with a difficult issue. Now, Philemon is a Christian. If you were here last week, you you know he's a Christian who owned a slave, likely a runaway, named Onesimus. Paul appeals to Philemon as a brother on behalf of Onesimus. Onesimus had come into Paul. Paul had met Onesimus. Onesimus had become a believer. Paul sends him back and says, receive him as a brother. This difficult issue of slavery, the New Testament tends to say, rather than trying to to absolutely tell everybody, you must never, because the New Testament's crystal clear. In Christ, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. Okay, so the Bible does not stutter on the evil of slavery. But what it does do is it teaches people who are in the midst of a situation, How do you, if you're a follower of Jesus and you find yourself a slave, is it possible to be someone who lives victorious in Christian community? And the scripture says yes, and it teaches that. If you're a person who's in a society where, where a part of the economic engine is where people own slaves, and you become a Christian, you're an owner, can, how are you supposed to? Respond and it teaches people, even in the midst of social injustice, which the scripture clearly addresses. But here's how you live as a follower of Jesus. Interesting in the approach. And so Paul appeals to finally receive him back as a brother, not a slave. And we looked last week at how how many in this short little letter, a few paragraphs, that in one translation there was nine, another translation, ten references to family: brother, sister, father, son. Just this familiar relationship. We talk about how odd that would be if you're hearing this for the first time. We know the whole thing in church. Hey, brother, hey, sister, whatever, whatever. They didn't. This is the first time they're hearing this. Why is he calling everybody brothers and sisters? What's he saying? And we saw that God was doing something, and our main point was, remember, the strength of the church is the bond of family. To the degree that we get this, that the strength of the church is the bond of family, our fellowship together will be something powerful, meaningful, and vibrant, and what God intended it to be. Remember what we said, the church is the relational expression of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God changing hearts and lives everywhere. God saw that, that he would draw people to himself and his spirit would fill them and he would establish what's called the kingdom of God. It would be an eternal kingdom. The church is the relational expression of that. Remember, it's all about relationships in Christianity. First with God, then with one another, right? Most important commandment, love God with everything you got. Second is love your neighbor as yourself. So the Christian experience is all about relationships, first with God, then with one another. And the church is the relational expression of the kingdom of God. He chose to express those relationships as family. In other words, he's the father, we're the brothers and sisters. And remember what we said last week? You can't get the father without the brothers and sisters because it's a family deal. You're like, but father's awesome and perfect, and the brothers and sisters are terrible. They say mean things, they do stupid things. Yeah, well, that's family. Some of you are laughing a little too hard there. If your family members are in the room, lighten up. Jeez, they can hear you. You embrace the faith, you get the family. That's what we said. And too often we don't take this approach. We don't see one another as family. Something happens in the church, we get upset, we just leave. I'm out. That absolutely undermines the relational connection of the kingdom of God because it is designed to be family. Anyway, I don't need to re-preach that sermon. You can check that out online, reallife.org. Okay, back to the letter. I want to focus on a few verses this morning in the letter. Philemon, verses 3 through 7. Paul writes, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Now, remember, Paul's in prison in Rome. Philemon's a church leader in Colossae. How does Paul know what he has done? Because he said it. He said, I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what he heard. You know, Philemon had good reviews on Amazon or wherever. Paul's hearing about Philemon. Good stuff is happening. Boy, he loves God and he loves people. And he really believes, he's a true believer. His faith is real. He says, I hear about your love for his people. It's authentic. He says, I hear about your faith in the Lord. Now, if you think Paul's throwing empty rhetoric around, you don't know the apostle Paul. He's not the most warm, fuzzy guy in the New Testament. John, he's really loving. Yet Paul, not so much. Paul's hard-nosed. So when he says something like this, you know he actually has heard about his love for his people, about his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's he's heard how you have refreshed the people's hearts. In other words, I hear about your investment in them. I hear how your faith is real. You're actually doing something about it. And he says, Your reputation brings me great joy and encouragement. How cool is that? The reviews of you and me are so cool they bring other people great joy and encouragement that's real life that's authentic faith
1: and let's take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to real life radio with pastor sean azaro of river city community church the series is called the letter and if you'd like to hear the full message or even watch the video podcast from pastor sean it's available right now on demand on the sermons page at the river city website called reallife.org
0: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And back to the message, So I've Heard. This is Real Life Radio.
0: Your reputation brings me great joy and encouragement. Reputation's a powerful thing, isn't it? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about reputation? How much we depend on reputation? How much it's a part of our life? Warren Buffett said it takes 20 years to build a good reputation and five minutes to ruin it. Anybody ever watch that happen? someone have a good reputation and kind of going through and and one stupid thing one huge mistake and a reputation of 20 years is absolutely marred and destroyed how many great leaders do we think of and know in the first thing they had a they had a, a effective important career and then one stupid mistake and that's what they're remembered by of course in our day and age with Comedians and YouTube, it never goes away. Buffett says, if you think about that, you'll do things very differently, won't you? Uh, Forbes magazine, in uh, the May 2014 uh, magazine, they wrote about reputation. And they said this. They said, your reputation. Now, they're just talking about business stuff, personal and corporate business stuff. They said, your reputation is the most valuable thing you possess. Remember, it's Forbes. They're writing to people who are, many of them, very wealthy. They're writing about people who are wealthy, writing about corporations with billions. Your reputation is the most valuable thing you possess. Launching a new venture, getting the new job promotion, bringing together a team of A players, securing financing from shrewd business connections that you don't really know, these are all potentially life-changing goals. All of them are attainable only if you have built and maintain a stellar reputation. They list three aspects of reputation that are very important. They say a positive reputation is the essence of leadership. Isn't that significant? Remember, John Maxwell said leadership is, the definition really is influence. Leadership is influence, which is, I think, really good. It's a very strong understanding. You don't have to have formal leadership to be a leader. You influence people, you're operating as a leader. Well, a positive reputation is the essence of leadership. And the three things they say, they talk about, they say, you have to give people reason to trust you. They have to trust you. They have to know you're, more about, you're about more than just you. You believe in the mission of whatever you're working in, and, you, and, you're, and you're a person who can be trusted. You're not just going to walk on people and use them to accomplish things. You're actually going to be concerned with how they're doing. They, you have to give them reason to trust you. A second thing they talk about is you have to show that you care. You have to show that you care. You care about the task at hand, but you also care about those who are working with you. Sincerely and honestly, listening to people really tells people something. More than your mission statement, more than anything else, it tells them. It shows you. It shows people that you care. Another trust builder they list, the last one is follow-through. Follow-through. You can prove to people who work you work with, those beneath and those above you, that you will do what you say you're going to do you'll establish yourself in a positive way and you'll build a powerful or strong reputation. And reputation, their contention, is the most valuable thing you possess. Business author Brian Koslow says, there is no advertisement as powerful as a positive reputation traveling fast. No advertisement as powerful as a positive reputation traveling fast. A number of years ago, we had someone... It was, you know, not everybody was doing Google reviews, so we didn't have a lot of Google reviews. And we had one person who had a bad experience with our Mother's Day out. Okay? Wasn't it even that big a deal, but there was conflict, and it was negative, and it was her little baby, and you know you know the deal. So she chose to give us a scathing kind of thing on Google. So one day I look up the church on Google, and there's this thing, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, make it go away. You know, now obviously more and more people are doing that, and we're, we're okay. But that's one of those things that is just difficult because your reputation matters, and I know that. There's a whole business that has emerged. Online reputation management is a critical and growing marketing component that most businesses are thinking about. They monitor what's happening word of mouth on the web, and they say that what people are saying about you is as critical as what you say about yourself, your website and your web presence. You ever Googled yourself? Well, you should every once in a while. If you're doing it too much, that's weird. I'm being a friend, okay? I'm just saying. But every once in a while, you ought to check. If you have a company, you have a small business, you Google it. See what people are saying. There is this company, Reputation Shield, and they will find all online mentions of you. They'll use your company profile. They'll target keywords. And they're gathered from blogs, news sites, social networks. And they will kind of put an analysis together, negative and positive. And they'll help you work on that. It's almost as though they know what the writer of Proverbs, what Solomon said in Proverbs 22.1, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. You believe that? A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. In Scripture, reputation mattered. You couldn't be in... Positions of leadership, if you hadn't established a track record and a reputation as a proven person of spiritual maturity. That's just what was required. In Acts chapter three, Acts chapter 6, you remember what was happening? There's this little division. There, there, were, there were Hebrew Jewish people, and then there were Jewish people, Hebrew roots, but they spoke Greek. And so this church, there's this little kind of divide. They're all Jews in that first church in Jerusalem, at least the vast majority of them were. But the Greek-speaking Jews, they felt that their widows and the people, their poor were not being cared for because the church cared for the poor as a matter of course in their deal. And these were being neglected. And so they went to the apostles and they brought this complaint. And the apostles said, we cannot pull from what God has asked us to do. We are, doing, we are on a mission. They said, we can't stop the sharing of the word and teaching people in the word and prayer and leadership. We can't stop that. And they say it kind of in a way that to us it gives a little cringe. They said to wait on tables. You are like, well, who do you think you are? How dare you? Well, they knew exactly what they were about and what God had asked them to do. And they knew they didn't have the freedom to pull off of the assignment God had given them. And so this was their solution, Acts 6, verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, in other words, good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. This is the selecting of the first deacons, the first kind of servant ministers in the church. They're figuring it out as they're going, but they say they've got to have a good reputation because they're going to represent the church. In fact, Paul, when he's writing to Timothy, 1 Timothy 3, 7, talking about elders, he said he must also have a good reputation with outsiders so they don't not fall into disgrace into the devil's trap. When a Christian leader stumbles or fall, it's ugly, isn't it? And the whole church takes a black eye. And Paul is warning on that. Now, let me stop here real quickly because reputation really matters, but there's a difference between making sure you are known for the right things and being a people pleaser, right? We talk a lot about not being a people pleaser. Okay? People pleaser is always at the whim of what others think. A good reputation has nothing to do with being a people pleaser, but being known for the right things. In fact, when you have a good reputation, if you're going to build a good reputation, you're going to tick some people off along the way because you won't veer. You won't do those things that will hurt your reputation. You're going to have a list of people who are a little annoyed with you because you are walking a path of integrity and building a good reputation. Just make sure that's the right people. You know, it, it's important that the right people think well of you and, and un, are understanding your reputation. And you can also tell somebody by the people who are ticked at them. So it's not about being a people pleaser. It's about being known for the right Now notice what Paul says in verses four and five, because this is really where I want to dial down for a little bit. Verses four and five, he says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in Lord Jesus. I thank my God. What I hear about you made me thank God. Isn't that interesting? What I hear about you made me Give thanks to God. Here's what I want you to write down. Here's the main point of the message. Your reputation matters because it's how you're known. And more importantly, how your father is known. Have you stopped and thought about that? Your reputation matters because it's how you're known, but more importantly, how your father is known. Our reputation is his reputation. To people who have no relationship with God, do you know how they know what our God is like? By his children. His people. By us. That's the only thing for people who don't know the Lord, who don't know Christ. When you start talking about Jesus, they're going to right away go, oh, yeah, no, I work with a guy who's a big church guy. Whatever that experience is like, that's his view of Jesus. Now, I have to be honest with you. This is a problem in America, right? We've talked at length, you know, in messages a few weeks back, or a few months back, actually, about how the church is losing its influence because people look at the church and they see the inconsistency. They see something messed up, something broken. And I, I've told you, some of that criticism is unfair. I understand that. Some of that is just people who don't like our, our beliefs. They don't like the path we walk, and so they're going to criticize. There's always going to be people who criticize. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the sometimes actually justified issues that people have with the church. With our reputation, worked at a company uh, to just when we were just. I mean, I was in California. Left my youth ministry, as following the Lord, and starting this little ministry, Real Life Ministries, and it was really. I've told you before, it was just stationary in my spare bedroom, right? That's all it was. Okay, but we had a logo, so that was we were really cool. But I'm working a job at this company that leased large semi trailers to different companies, you know, and when they wanted to lease instead of own, uh, I was their guy, right? We had a salesman who worked with us, and I mean, you know, he heard I was a Christian. He came running in. He was a, he was a big-time Christian guy, you know, big-time Christian guy, and uh, as I talked to him, I became increasingly uncomfortable because of the way he talked, the way he talked about other people in the company, the way he talked about his business. Come to find out he's the first guy who's going to steal a sale. He's the first guy who's going to undercut in an unfair way one of the other people in the company. He had a terrible reputation for lack of integrity, for lack of honesty, and he was the loudest guy talking about being a Christian. And it just broke my heart because one of the young guys who I became friends with at the company uh, heard I was a Christian. He goes, oh, I know about you Christians. This guy over here. Walt, he's a Christian. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. And so I just had to try to become friends and I had to try to do life with him and I had to try to share with him and try to represent Christ to him. And I was grateful because months later he said, he asked me about our faith. He wanted to know. He says, because you're a different kind of Christian. Something's different. And I was very grateful for that. But there's so. I've heard so many times. I, There are people who I've talked to who just say, ooh, don't ever do business with a Christian. <laughs> because they're, while they're telling you God loves you over here, they're picking your pocket over here. Or they're, they're, they're not willing to work hard over here, and they're trying to, they're trying to you know, get something for nothing over here. And it's like, uh, every time I hear that, it's like a stab in the chest because I love Jesus, and I love the church, and our reputation matters. A reputation really matters. I mean, what is our reputation? What, what should we be known for? Jesus talks about a lot of things we should be known for. What is it? Are, are we the people who go to church? And please, understand, I'm a pro-church guy, okay? Obviously. <laughs> You're like, as Sean said, we don't have to go to church? <laughs> I know how you are. I, get, I got you, people.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Nazaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in a series called The Letter... But if you'd like to hear the full message and the series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road. See all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210 490 5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. In